Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. This is the final one of the year, although the interlight will go, so don't worry about that. So you're putting that on Thursday, are you? Um, it's like Christmas Eve. We've got different <laughs> Christmas days. No, we're doing it Wednesday this yeah, week. I was kidding. We're doing Wouldn't it next expect Tuesday. anyone to want to listen. Yeah. <laughs> people talk about that again. Well, we could just talk about how yeah. people's Christmas was. What, prior to Christmas? No, next week. Next week. <laughs> All right, so you're not doing it this week? No. But yes, we are. Wednesday. Wednesday, and then we're doing another one the week after. <laughs> this is a great start. This is. <laughs> hey, listen, pessimism again, being a Sunderland fan, so I thought I would get a couple of the heavyweights in, the big guns who like like to rant and like to moan. Um, and the fact that when I text both Craig Clark and Martin McFadden over the weekend and asked them if they were at the game, and neither of them were, that didn't put me off because I thought, well, I'd like you to come in and have a good morning anyway, as long as people have caught it on the telly and stuff like that. But we have Richard Manea here from the Sunderland Echo making his debut, and he was at the game. So he can provide us with some, are we going to say insight? <laughs> is that the right yeah, word? that's a good word, yeah. It is, absolutely. We did a little poll um, on, on Twitter because we've got the Magum Dictionary from Paul Swinney to give away. Um, we, you might be surprised at the result of that. We'll come back to that later. And what we'll do is I'll get somebody to pick a random number and I'll work out who it is and we'll give the prize to them. Because what happens is Gareth normally does the creative questions and stuff. Me and Martin were talking today saying trying to think of one and we weren't very inventive between us so we just oh, said we're very uncreative yeah let's just let's just do a poll and see if people think we'll stay up or not if I did that if quick if it comes true will like will we stay up automatically could we stop worrying what whatever what do you mean <laughs> if everyone says we're going to stay up Oh, Will it happen? Well, no, well, I'm not sure that's how it works. Power of the podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Power of positive thinking. Some kids blowing a candle out or whatever and Stephen (laughs) appears to grant their wishes. Yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? If I was to ask that question now and go around, do people, how positive do people feel? Going to stay up, Craig? I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah. Actually, weirdly, although I was surprised at that result of the poll that you did, I probably think we will. Which we just, haven't announced yet. Yeah, but <laughs> you said it was surprising. Was. And you mentioned, you hinted there, Martin, that it might have been <laughs> mostly yeses. Good get out. Uh, <laughs> we might as well just go ahead and give the it. The world's <laughs> waiting <laughs> with bated breath. Yeah, well, it was 75% of, of you who voted on this do think we'll stay up. Obviously, 25% don't. I was quite surprised at that, I'll be honest. I, I guess what it is, though, Richard, I mean, like Craig said, you, you have this feeling we'll stay up and you think, if anyone could do it, Allardyce can do it. Yeah. You do see signs of progression, although in the last couple of weeks that's pos- possibly stalled a little bit. But it's a result of other sides, isn't it? You can't uh, ignore that. You can't ignore Bournemouth and Norwich winning and, and Newcastle yeah. picking up seven and three games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, after after the Stoke game, I'd have said Sunderland would definitely have stayed up this season. But the last two weeks you've had, obviously, defeats for Sunderland coupled with wins for crazy wins for Bournemouth, three on the trot. Four on the trot, is it, for Bournemouth? Four for trot. Watford, I Four think, who Watford, are just yeah. already safe by the looks of it. <laughs> aren't for Europe. Three for Bournemouth. <laughs> Norwich getting a result at Man United was obviously great for them. And it, 
just cranks up the pressure massively and there's that gap at the bottom now, isn't there? But on balance, I think Sunderland probably will just stay up. OK, well, were you thinking sort of 10 minutes into the game, um, Allardyce forced it to make another change? That speaks volumes, doesn't it? Because we thought we'd stumble across a system that was working, yeah. now we're not so sure. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you, you look at it and think, is it him admitting that he's got the tactics and system wrong again, twice in seven days? Or is it him thinking... You know, this could be five, six, seven here if we don't change something pretty quick. And to be fair, the way Chelsea started, it, it could easily have been those figures. So I, I guess you've got to say credit to Sam because after that, they did play a lot better. It's just a shame that it seems to give them, sorry, it seems to take them like being mm. one or two goals down before it kickstarts them. But we've, we've heard that the worrying thing, I think, is mm. we've heard that Every, yeah. recently, yeah, not yeah, when yeah. before Allardyce was in charge, yeah. even when he's been in charge, at least before we're only losing 1 0. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was sometimes taking them. Those goals, and you thought when Allardyce came in, it sort of stopped, and it seems to be creeping back in. And once again, you left pointing fingers at who not, point the fingers at? Well, the, the players, aren't we? I suppose. Yeah. I mean, but, quite nice had been ill, hadn't he, in the week yeah. before? Mm. Well, should he have started? I don't know. It's hard to say. Isn't well, it, this is it. We haven't got much choice at like centre back at the minute, have we? Yeah. Unless he puts Rodwell in there, who's now suspended anyway. Although <laughs> I was going to get suspended <laughs> so quickly by actually doing nothing. I was going to say he's never in the team hardly either. It's it's six starts, yeah. Incredible. So maybe he's your suspended as well. He yeah. hasn't even played. I, I would I might like you to annoyed be the previous manager, so maybe he's <laughs> yes. somehow got a suspension. Yeah, I would do Martin, for me. Martin, I know you're standing in a different position, but don't turn your head away from the mic because I'm not sure. I'm oh, not yeah, sure sorry, guys. No, no one listens to me anyway. No, what is it? Martin's that used to stand on one side of the studio and he's out his comfort zone a little bit here. Same yeah. just challenging you, taking sorry. you out of your comfort I know I'm, zone. Well, it's because we miss Gareth, so I've, I've come over here to kind of. Say, hi be, Gareth, be the, I hope everything's alright. Be the right. depressing voice and the depressing <laughs> angle. Let, listen to this avoidance of talking about the matter. Well, <laughs> we're going to hear from Sam and his game summary, which he often does quite well in a minute or so. If you're going to play here, you're going to, you need to make Chelsea earn the goals. And, and when you don't mark your man on the corner properly, which was unfortunate on this occasion, Seb Coates, who's just as big and just as a strongest as um, Ivanovic, then it's very disappointing because you know that that's going to lift Chelsea. But we never got to grips with that that first 20, 25 minutes. We never got to grips with Chelsea. We never never kept the ball, never eased the pressure on ourselves by keeping the ball. So it forced me into yet another change, particularly when we went, went two down. We got a little better to get to half-time and then... And then we did the ultimate, what we shouldn't have done again is let them get the third just after this time with a penalty um, so not great play from Chelsea, poor play from us and and then we get a goal and we see what we might have might have done had we played better had we played better before going 3-0 down and got a goal back we might have tested Chelsea a little bit more because even at 3-0 up and went to 3-1 I think you saw them pretty nervous from there on and some chances created that that we might have got the second, but you know it, we were never going to. I don't think today get back to three three, but you know at least we gave a a show of what we can do and and about how we can play the last thirty minutes or so. He gives a nice summary of this of the game, Sam Martin, doesn't he? We were talking before coming on, and you, you heard me sort of edit that down and, and clip it down, and you were saying it just he answers everybody's question in one go. Yeah, he tends to, doesn't he? I mean. I mean, I, I suppose you could say he goes on a bit if you're trying to get like a, a short soundbite for editing purposes. But when you read it back, at least he's he's coherent. He obviously knows what he's doing. I was just saying there that Poyet used to do my head in for that because he would just waffle on and talk really quickly. 
But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always struggle to understand him sometimes. But no, I mean Allardyce is, is kind of he's just a kind of like standard decent manager, isn't he? We're like trying to manage a pretty rubbish football team right now. I think what's telling Craig in in, in the way Allardyce has responded is probably the most negative he's been about the side since he he came. And it would be easy for him to sort of shift the pressure off his players just by saying, "Well, Chelsea were a group of players who." clearly playing now because Mourinho's gone which kind of we all predicted mm. would happen before the game it did yet he was still kind of strong in his opinion that we, we let them do it we made, we made it look easy or we made it easy for them well he, he's not the only one and Villa came out and said uh, that's that, telling though yeah, isn't it because it would be easy for, lost either way it would be easy uh, for them to hide behind that wouldn't it is what, is yeah what oh, completely well I think they're running out of hiding places <clears> now it's, it's classic Sunderland you know when those two games everyone's buoyant you think we've got a right manager to dig you out of a mess that we're in and then it's back to revert to type after a spirited defeat at Arsenal it's just been I didn't think we were that bad against Watford but at the same time it's, it's a bad mm. defeat And like, yeah the Watford one was weird because at the time when I left the stadium I was thinking we could have so easily nicked the draw mm. but then when I, when I watched it back the amount of clear cut chances they had you know where it was like one on ones and mm. clearing off the line and even towards the end when they were when they were, th- when they were through and the keeper we, we could have actually lost that game 5 0. We I could have drawn yeah. it, but we could have lost 5 0. I mean, it's, Richard, uh, getting back to the system and the fact Sam's had to change the system, when you, when you were looking at it, did you think, OK, the system's not working? Or I know the Quatters have been struggling with illness all week. Would you put it down to that individually? Or a bit of both, maybe? Uh, I thought it was individual errors, to be honest. Um, Quatters to start with, but also the midfield. It was Toyvin and Rodwell to just, just weren't at it. Like Chelsea were just. Anybody anybody surprised by that statement that <laughs> Tyson and, and, and Rodwell weren't at it? We're well, going to come on to Rodwell yeah. specifically in a bit because we're going to get on to transfers and stuff. I've got mm. some stuff I, I want to share with you. But this was supposed to be the game Rodwell took his chance, Richard. Yeah, he, yeah, didn't, he didn't yeah. do it, no? No, not at all, no. As I say, him and Tyson were both guilty. They just stepped off Chelsea. They had 10 yards for the, uh, the sort of Chelsea midfield three. And it was a bizarre atmosphere because before the game, the fans sort of picked on the three players. Yeah. You know, Ivanovic, mm. uh, Diego Costa, and Fabregas. And it could have turned very nasty, sort of really very quickly, if Sunland were at it and sort of banging into them. But mm. they didn't, they just let him dictate play. And as I say, within 30 minutes, that was it, game over. Really for four minutes. Yeah, because yeah. well, yeah, as soon as Sunland conceded, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting selection, Craig, up front when he's, he's decided to go for Watmore ahead of Fletcher. Uh, we, we've been seeing on here uh, for a while. We still sort of see what more was an impact sub. I think definitely, um, yeah, I do anyway. It, it, yeah. If, you, if you're going to try and get two players on the field, you, you, you would have thought uh, you can kind of understand why I did it because you think John Terry and you think you might be thinking of Pace. Yeah, I think it was based on Pace, and I think as well he kind of hinted during the week. And sometimes he'll he'll sort of say things, and you have to read into them. If you're a conspiracy theorist like me, you read loads <laughs> of things into them. But I kind of thought he's definitely going to rotate the strikers during this like festive period. Right. So he's like. Making, I know, I know, we've got like a while before the next game, but it's still the adult. They come thick and fast, and then, and then it makes Fletcher really hungry for the next game, which I'm convinced he'll he'll mm. start. And then before no was in the huff a bit about like being on the bench quite a lot recently, so yeah. mm. it's another game in London where he can like prove a point. But do you think that works missed... for Brini then? On that on that theory, you you would have to say Brini would have to start because he's 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 came off the bench and he scored. Yeah, but yeah. the thing that disappointed yeah, I mean, me about Brini is is like. He's, he almost like celebrated like he won the league or something, and then, <laughs> and then, and then afterwards he didn't actually he didn't really say, well, you know, I was glad to get that goal that I really needed, but he, he, he seemed to be a bit too pleased that he'd scored and forgotten that we'd actually been pretty terrible and, and lost, lost heavily, you know. They do yeah. say that about centre forwards, though, don't they? That the 
that's the way they sort of think very selfishly. Yeah. Yeah. He so needed the goal. I'm glad he got it. Mm. But you know, I mean, he couldn't have missed it, could he? But he was in the right True. position, I guess. True. Um, but yeah, you're right. You did celebrate like you just won the uh, the World Cup. It was a funny celebration. Are people surprised Gomez isn't being featured more in, in the centre midfield. If we compare him to Toivon, they're very different sort of players, aren't they? Totally. Um, in and terms you, of like Gomez, actually looks like he can once he can, in a while he can play keep, at this he can level. Keep holding <laughs> the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've, so thought, I've thought about this actually. And I think the only difference is that physicality. Do you think on set pieces, yeah. um, his height. Yeah. Now, I think quite often when ha- what happens because we change managers so often, we can sort of. In fact, we do, we've got a review of the year in the next ALS, um, and then on on one page there's like a picture of three managers, and you're like, oh yeah, actually we've had three managers this year <laughs> so far. Anyway, you never know. Um, but bloody hell, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it says all, doesn't it? Exactly. You do forget, like that. Yeah, it was all this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like a long time mm-hmm. has it's passed. Crazy. Not 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 for not in a good way either. <laughs> but like, I think Tyving's just not good enough. No, like you know, but I, but also he was bought to do a job which was like in a more advanced position. Yeah. But when, what I was going to say is when a new manager comes in, he sees Gomez in training and thinks, actually, he's tidy, he's neat, he, he retains possession. And the new manager tends to start with Gomez, mm. as Allardyce did. And then after a couple of days, days, a couple of games, he actually <laughs> realises that mm. he's too slow and he, he, he stops the tempo of the game progressing and, you know, he scored oh, which, some which, important which would goals. Be good, which would make sense if, if we said, if we thought Tyvon and didn't slow the game down. Well, Tyvonen doesn't even manage to do that because mm. he's just not involved yeah. at all, proactively yeah. or reactively. He just he's just on the pitch. Yeah, he did very very yeah. well, offensively or defensively against Chelsea. What I about? Just I think because we're missing like Larson and Catamol so much, it's it's just highlighting. Can you can you, can you, can you believe that, that we, we 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 talk about all these managers coming in and going out? Um, and feeling the out of the side, and it just mm. always gets back to the last and cut them all. Doesn't <laughs> it? I'll tell you what, the wounds good enough four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, do you know what I mean? Well, the, this is what people people come back to this. So it's the same players every time, the same core who've been here. Yeah. Dra- oh, but actually, shit. I would argue it's the opposite. If it wasn't for those players, we'd have been relegated totally. quite some time ago. Because O'Shea, cut them all, Larson. I mean, Johnson to an extent, mm. F- Fletcher occasionally. It, it's then they're a problem because the, as a collective not being good enough but actually the ones who've come in have been worse mm-hmm. I can remember thinking there was a time where Steve Bruce was manager and you looked at someone like Bardsley and thought right we could do with a bit more of a like proactive fullback who can get on the ball and hurt teams and now he would pretty much walk into that have side we, have we replaced him yeah, well, well, we, we, did, we didn't like, we let him go and we haven't replaced him it's just gotten worse would, and would, worse with every like, would Craig Garda get any team now you look, you look at him playing for we were never his biggest fan again on here. No, but I think um, he would work in a Nolan type of position yeah, well, for look, someone we, like We always say a part of that was because of the system he was mm. getting played in and stuff. You look at him, though, he starts West Brom every game as an alternative to Tyvenin. You would, you would go for Gardner, yeah? I would, I would probably pick... It'd be a, a close-run thing between him and Gomez, offering different types of things. Neither of them are brilliant. But in an Allardyce team, you're going to get more out of Gardner, I think. That Allardyce would want, yeah. but this is what you, you've said. We've had three managers in a year, so Poets try to build something. Then Advocate's been, you know, Congerton. Maybe we want to go on to him at some point. We're going to go. Well, we would move but on to Congerton now if you want. Well, it, I, I, I want to get back to that. I was going to say he's been involved in transfers, but how much of a say has someone like like Advocate had on the likes of Tyvenin and Lens mm. coming in? And I mean, Lens, yeah, he looks like he might have a bit of talent, but that's not enough. That's, that's the issue for me right there. You just in a nutshell. And that surely is the difference between a director of football and a chief scout. 
Because if a manager's mm. essentially going to bring in who he wants anyway, players he's worked with and stuff, like Allardyce is going to do now, then you just need a chief scout for that, right? Mm. Not not somebody on a mm. high um, peer grade, such as... Well, what you call Congan. Arguably, <laughs> if he's chief scout, why is he finding players that, like Barini, who played for us already? But that's what I'm saying, he's not chief he's not director even, of football, he's so not, he's, he's supposed not even, to be in charge well, of I'm, recruitment. I'm not sure what he's yeah. doing... Or was doing rather. Yeah, right. yeah well, it, it, the value of it, isn't it? They kind of said yeah. that, it said in the, in the press that he was disappointed with his role since Allardyce arrived. Congerton was, but he resigned before he came anyway. <laughs> and mm. what was he doing mm. before? before? I, mean, I don't know. Mm. Well, look at the players we've brought in, and then mm. you'd say like, well, he wasn't doing anything. Should we, have, should we have a look at the players he's brought in? Well, oh, and how many of these can you definitely get well, to him? But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll ruin that yeah. thing. For it, you. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not totally black and white, is it? Because no. me and Martin were talking. Was, off air as well, and we're, we're going to compare them to to another side, and we know that his remit is different to other director mm. football. He's got to get players off the weird etc. And, True, and it's good Gareth's not here because he would he would probably put a down on this whole thing by being uh, all sensible and and realistic. Oh, I want, and, out, I want and, outrage, and, fury. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But Congan was appointed on the twelfth of March two thousand fourteen. Okay, so Liam Bridcut was already in actually by then because a lot of people mm. say he wasn't strong enough with, with a mm. Bridcut side and I think I've even said it myself to be honest by, okay. by some people I think I mean me um, <laughs> but Brid- Bridcut was already in by, by then okay so now I've a couple of a couple of uh, sources the Soccer Pearson Transfer League in case you know anyone wants to be pedantic and pull me up on thing there were some irregularities between the two um, and I have one of them included Alvarez and one of them didn't I'm not sure if any of us know if he's a signing or not, okay. <laughs> he um, played for Sunderland. But we've had to pay for him in the end. Yeah. So. But the game, the game after after um, Congerton arrived, okay, we played Crystal Palace at home. This is a starting eleven. Minoni was in goal. Bardsley was right back. Alonso was left back. Or Shane Brown centre half. Midfield three of Bridcut, Keesung Young, and Larson. Though Catamar was on the bench. Up front, Fletcher, Barini, Johnson. So let's see. Okay, ten million. That's gone on Barini. And um, we've, we've £46 million we've spent since then. So since that start 11, we've spent £46 million. Let's take £10 million off for Barini because he's a part of that side, so to make that move permanent, you know what I mean? It's £10 million. No, quid. but I think, I think he's responsible for that because okay. it's under his watch. We didn't have to buy him. That, that ship had kind of sailed, right? Mm. So what's he... Um, it felt like a panic buy, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it felt like... Because his move fa- to Inter Milan had fallen through. Dick Avocado didn't have any many other options mm. and it didn't it didn't seem yeah, anything like what he wanted yeah. but it also it was an easy out for Congerton bring someone in who's popular with the fans kind of wins people over because no one's going to criticise a signing like that even yeah. if it doesn't make sense I mean you guys will know better than me but do you think Breen he's been or looked like he's enjoying it as much as he was during the first spell probably goals help no. I think goal yeah not, not just that I think and I said this after he was loaned when they were talking about these huge fees and I wasn't sure about it Sometimes a player goes out on loan, does something point and prove, and then sign permanently, mm. and it's a little bit different, isn't it? And mm. Can't be, yeah. Yeah. different manager as well, of course. So yeah. Anyway, it's a bit by the by. I don't know the Barini like not coming back is going to define his career because he hasn't progressed since then. He had he had momentum then, and if he'd like stayed at Sunderland at that point, he, he could have like, like built used on that it as a stepping stone. But in, could have he saved. Has, good well, we know we know. I mean, Barini aside, we we know that. As I said, Congan has a different remit of a director of football. You can't always make a direct comparison. No. Um, but with Alvarez, that's a net spend of 35 million quid, which, whichever way you look at it, mm-hmm. regardless of who's gone out, 35 million quid on that starting 11, considering Catamol's on the bench, so you just replace him for Bridcut. Phil Bardsley goes out, you've got Jones on a free, so that's a kind of 
replacement as well. No, it's a replacement. It's, well, yeah. it's a good one. Okay, that, fair enough. <laughs> um, and then obviously, Ki Sung Young goes out and you've got him via on loan as well. Mm-hmm. So, we're a net spend of 35 million quid, should, should you be improving the side more than what we've done? The players well, signed under Congleton's watch. I was going to say, oh, you're going to list them. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Billy Jones, Jordi Gomez, Santiago Virgini, Costello Pantillimon, Patrick Van Arnold, Jack Rodwell, Will Buckley. Anthony Revier, Jermaine Defoe, Sebastian Quatez, Adam Matthews, Jeremy Lenz, Eunice Kabul and Fabio Barini. Ola Toivonen on loan, Ricky Alvarez as well, God knows the situation with him. Callback, Bardsley, Garden all left for free and are still playing in the Premier League. Now, there's just so many of them, I think that's one of the main problems. It's just the number, the sheer... You, yeah. When you put it in a list like that, you forget just how many people have yeah. come in. I, I don't group. think that's a lot of money. No, not that that number of spent 50 million this Okay, year, so, but, so, so what we say yeah, then, I, I agree, yeah. it isn't, it's 28 million, 28.5 million net spend in the UC. Okay, you might get three or four players with that. And essentially, who, who's he got with that? He's got Kabul, he's got Quatez, he's got Rodwell, and he's got Lenz. Mm. Those are the four yeah. that take up the chunk of that money. Mm-hmm. So have they improved their side? You would say no, wouldn't you? Kabul, yes. Anyone else, okay. pretty much a no. So who's who can we blame? Let, let's be outraged and blame someone for it. It's it's hard to, isn't it? Because there's so many factors involved. Well, Rod, Rodwell was a Congerton signer, wasn't he? Well, if Congerton's yeah. in charge of player recruitment, then you've obviously got to blame him, you mm-hmm. know? And if, if he the, isn't if the manager gets the sack because of lack of results, you know, if the, if the keeper spills the ball and goes in the net, then, you know, you blame, you blame the keeper. So you've got to blame Congerton mm-hmm. and say that the whole thing with the director of football has been a failure. We've had two... You can't say that either of them have been a success. No. It would like and with Allardyce in charge, you know, however long he stays for, could be like six weeks, it could be six years with some of the football club. Like I don't think you'll see one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hmm. Until, until the infrastructure changes. So 35 million quid net spend. We're including Alvarez in this, okay, because we, we're not sure what that is, but where I was looking at was including him. Crystal Palace has spent 41 million net since that, so an extra 6 million quid. Crystal Palace's side that day was Spironi and Goal. Ward, Dan, Mariapa, Delaney, the back four. Three midfield, Ledley, Yednak and Dick Alkney. I don't know who that is. Dick, Dick Choi, is Dick it? Dick Choi. Dick, 
Never Dick, I can't even read your own writing. I can't remember what it, I can't remember how you, <laughs> people used to call him Dickachoy, but I think the correct pronouncing was like Dick Aguar or something. It's, it's kind of like the team that they came up with, yeah, really, yeah. you know what I mean, with a couple, and then with up, a couple of up bars. Up front, Bulassi, Murray and Ince. Now they've spent, as I say, net spent 41 million quid, their signings. The difference is, you'll hear names on this list who are now in their side and have improved their side. Oh, yeah. Apart from the first one. <laughs> Fraser Campbell. <laughs> but then you've got Brett Hangerland, James MacArthur, Martin Kelly, Zeki Fryers, Jordan Much, Sean Amiobi makes a list as well. Bloody hell. Papa Soiree, Keshi Anderson, Andreas Bremier, Lee Chung-Yong, Wilfred Zaha, Johan Kabai, Alex McCarthy, Connor Wiggum, Bakary Sacco. It's an interesting mix, actually, because yeah, there's some is. rubbish in there Of course well, he is, isn't there? but law of averages suggests you're going to get some poor signings out of, no, a, out of a list of 15, yeah. Yeah. but you could name four or five of those players, those players out significantly improve their side. Well, and they've been, they've been really successful, aren't they, compared mm. to us? And I, did that, I only picked Crystal Palace as yeah, a comparison exactly. because that's who we were yeah, playing oh, yeah, when, yeah. when, when Congolan came. And I know there's more rider factors on it. It isn't as black and white in that, no. as that, but it just shows it. Because when people say, oh, people... You Southampton and, and Swans, you don't know who are both struggling now, ironically. Say, yeah, as a sort of prime example. I'm kind of happy about that, to be honest. So but I. I keep saying I keep saying it now, I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but it's just recruit, get one transfer window right and bring in the right two or three players, yeah. and it makes all the difference. We we come on here and we, we defend Patrick Van Arnold and say he's only young, give him time and stuff. But when you look at that side, that starting 11, the remit then was to improve that side. And people like Patrick Van Arnold and Jack Rodwell haven't improved that side, no. have they? No. No, no matter how young they are. So you've, you've got to be, you've got to direct the blame somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. There's little evidence to say that it has worked. And as you say, that this is the second director of football, isn't it? And mm. well, what, I, what benefit have they brought to Sunderland? Well, I, I think there's a few things you could say around it. It, it can work elsewhere and has done. Mm. Mm. However, there's certain factors you've got to work with here. Big wage bill that they're trying to cut. You, yeah. could, you could put that, so like Stephen says, maybe part of his remit is to to move players out. Has he done that successfully? Mm, there's still a few hanging around that we could get rid of. I guess it's a struggle because of the amount of money they're on, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you could actually argue that staying up every year and not spending money, comp- you know, we sort of said that um, Newcastle and Villa had both spent 50 million. Like, you could actually say it's been a success because we haven't, cause we haven't gone down. So I did this way. Sorry, man. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I like the look at Craig. Uh, <laughs> a compelling character. <laughs> but if, uh, if you want to play well, the Gareth role, you could do a joke about his beard. Because uh, that's what Gareth does every, every, yeah. every time. Yeah. Gareth's had more input to this show than when he's here. <laughs> 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 sorry, Craig, you're saying you're going to say something um, productive. I think uh, another point, talking about blame, and you can say sometimes, oh, well, who's his responsibility? Which... Well, all, like you say, all of it. So if, if Gus Poyet's allowed to bring in someone who wasn't on Congerton's list, surely part of Congerton's remit is to be stronger than that and say no. Mm. Or, or check it out and maybe agree yeah. with them, you know. Yeah, or like work out. And it's not always just the quality of player, is it? It's if they're the right type of player. And also a huge thing is personality yeah. and character. And... Um, You've got a question. Some and there's of these massive teams, bro, that a lot of other clubs stuff. seem to have that we don't. Which is but, just but it's funny, like, you look at Chelsea and you see what they've done to Mourinho there, well, seemingly some of the players, mm. and, and it's rife now, isn't it? it and it's only going to get worse until the bubble bursts. And if, if there's a culture at your club of, sort of a certain behaviour, it's very hard to root that out, and it's going to attract other players yeah. who either already like that or who mm. aren't, but sort of almost become 
corrupted in, in a sort of weird I mean, way. You talk about team spirit, like Leicester, at the mm. point now, and they've gone from mm. bottom to top in, yeah. in 12 I mean, months, the, and they just work the nuts off. Mm. Exactly. I mean, Every uh, game. someone said to me, like, that wasn't doesn't know anything about football, um, like none of us, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was a female. I'm not saying that girls don't know anything about football. On a Saturday night, he's like, well, how come Leicester have become so good? Weren't they, like, bottom all last year? And I was like, actually, was that just last season? Because yeah. it seems like two seasons. And I was like, well, actually, they just went on this really good run at the end of last season. And they've kind of carried on mm-hmm. the way that um, the way that they ended last season. And then she was like, well, why can't Sunderland do that? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> <It's a million laughs> dollars. We can't. Because we end the season well, yeah. you know. Uh, we, uh, it's the same thing we uh, ask. We just yeah. we just sort of analyse it more before we ask the same question, don't we? And then mm. come up with a bunch of answers that involve Swansea and Southampton. And then, as you say, <laughs> you look at them and think, yeah. actually, all this crap about like identities and philosophies. I am, well, that proves I am it kind of pleased I'm, that they are on, to, the, yeah, see, I mean, on, on the decline because everyone's saying you've got to follow that model exactly. and emulate Swansea and Southampton. And but I think like yeah. I think Swansea will will go down this year. Bloody hell! Um, statement that, like, and and I think Southampton will because you you can't just keep on selling mm. your best players, and then also I mean you, you, you look at clubs that, at the end of the day, it's the big clubs that survive. Um, you know, Oxford and Wimbledon and teams like that used to beat this all the time, and like they've won non-league since. They'll have like a bit of a mm. they'll have a bit of like a period where they do all right, but eventually, the lack of gates and the fact that you know I mean Leicester will probably lose the best players. In the summer, they even definitely, you know, they definitely will. because it'll fact. just come down. Even if it's not, even if it's not this country, somebody else will get them. Somebody's phone Sorry, phone. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. But I, well, I think there's a, there's a that I was actually thinking about this. It wasn't so long ago. The likes of Coventry were up there for mm. bloody years, and you couldn't get rid of them. Wimbledon, and I started to think, you know, there was always those teams that you just thought, God, they're still by the skin of the. Mm. Oh, wait a minute, that's mm. us. <laughs> and it, it is also well, that team yeah, that people be, don't there'll understand. Be a, there'll be an entire generation that has a perception of us as a side. And that, mate, like Martin, I, I've always thought, no, but it is like a magnet for the bigger clubs. And, and, and the will always return, clubs like Sunderland and stuff. But then you look at Leeds as the prime example, and Sheffield Wednesday as another who. who you would perhaps, you know, argue the point, wouldn't you? And especially the way it look, this power surge looks like it's shifting significantly towards the south more and more, which is quite worrying for us. I would yeah. say outside of maybe five or six clubs, everyone's threatened with relegation. Be it this season, next, the one after, because you're a, a summer sale away from yeah. It, yeah. the exactly. house of cards. So then, how how bad would it actually be? Because we have to contemplate this every year. How bad would it actually be if we got relegated? Because how bad has it been the last four years? Because it hasn't been that good, has it? You know mm. what I mean. Do you enjoy going to the match? Do you look forward to it? <laughs> um, no. <clears throat> at least I don't want us to get relegated. But if we were <clears throat> in the championship, we'd get like bigger allocations for away games. It would be cheaper to go. It'd be better crack. You might actually you go to away games. I and think the away games would like be would foreign be better. People yeah. The away from, games like, would be football better. Football tourists. Whereas you, when we were, even at Bradford in the cup last year, we went for a drink a before team. the game and. Met loads of people who were like, well, you know, this 80-odd-year-old, I'm Bradford for life, you know, like, had loads of stories, and they were like, proper football fan, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, you know. It's a home game, though, isn't it? That that mm. stadium is, is, is very hard to generate atmosphere in that ground when it, when it's even, like, three-quarters full. Yeah, it's that's a, true. It, 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 when it's, it's half full, it looks more empty. Such yeah. a competitive league as well, isn't it, the Championship? Is it harder to get out of the Championship or to stay up in the Premier League? Mm. don't know. Hmm. In these days, you know, it isn't a guarantee that well, you're going to get a feel-good factor. Look, with at, wins, look at the Premier League you know? now; it's getting stronger yeah. because of the impact of 
foreign players and stuff, which I think is a positive thing. Um, and some people say, oh, it's, we- it's weakened the England national side and stuff and that, well, when it hasn't really. I think that's and more I just think it, yeah, I think it's if you look at the history story. of England playing international football, yeah. they've always done so well, haven't they? Exactly. <laughs> they didn't, didn't even qualify for a major tournament in the 70s when it was supposed to be the golden era of English yeah. like, league mm-hmm. football and stuff. And what, but what it's done is it's made it stronger, hasn't it? Think about some of the English players who used to play for Sunderland. Would they get anywhere near like even a championship club now? Well, this is it. Do you know what I mean? So it is harder. And... I know our record in the championship is excellent. We've never finished lower than third since since Peter Reid took us to the Premier League at the first time. We've never finished lower than mm. third, and we've only failed to be promoted twice, mm. which is quite impressive. It is, but the th- how do you know all these things? Yeah. Because me and Gareth have discussed this before, and okay. I think we've brought it up before, probably. <laughs> we're, we're also <laughs> this is all recycled rubbish. <laughs> everything, everything every, every week it just said with a different set yeah, of yeah, people in the league. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Eight, eight or nine seasons, what is it, in a row we've been up? It's our ninth, I think. And you just... I'm not so sure now if you go down, it's going to be quite so simple. Like, we had no, Niall Quinn not. come in and yeah, it was all... Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we'd automatically come Kane straight back, yeah. but at least... I mean, at least we've been more than half a dozen games a year. You'd like to think so. Not yeah. spend 50 quid going to, like, away games, you know, in, in Manchester and London. Which is it's getting really expensive, isn't it? It is like Brid Cup might get a game as well next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a reason to stay up, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody watch the Liverpool game um and, and saw the the continued struggle with goalkeepers and then worry that we're gonna end up back with Miguelia in a in a massive bid for Pickford or something like that. Oh, God. I was thinking that's oh, probably I wouldn't worry it's me. It's probably on the cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But having Mignolet back worry you? No, probably not. No. But I just thought I just <laughs> I know thought, what you mean. I would, just thought we'd bound to get picked because Henderson was the last one we came and he was just starting to really show what he was what he was would worth. You bring and then back the... I was just about to ask that Martin, so it's interesting that are you asking me or are you just asking yeah, the general well, well, group? What did you think of the keeper Richard on Saturday? Pantomon just out throughout the game, kind of thing. It was alright aside from the penalty, it was just a daft penalty for everybody. I think so. I think he's in enough contact. Yeah, mm. <coughs> just a daft push. Ridiculous, ridiculous thing to do. Yeah, he's run away from goal. Mm. Um, I mean, we we did a piece in the Echo last week um, debating whether they should or not, and I said I think they should keep Pickford at present for the for the season I purely too, for his yeah. own education. Well, he just got a red card as well, didn't he? Yeah, not, he could not, but you know, his confidence, like yeah. sort of being involved. Yeah, yeah. that's the well. <laughs> it's big pressure. Isn't it's it? going to start coming up with the whole "let's throw the kids in" argument in a couple of yeah. weeks after we've probably say lost the next couple of games. But it's worked. What was it? What was it? But then, but then we said he's starting instead of being an impact player, he, mm-hmm. he'll have dips in form. I mean, even when the season that Michael Bridges was like so ready. Um, and we played Paul Stewart up front on his own, and top scorer with four goals. Um, <laughs> Happy like days. Bridges and Bridges and Russell were kind of like young and fit and energetic, and have been free scoring in, in the championship. But really, kind of like protected yeah. Bridges <clears throat> didn't play him as much as he possibly should have. We went down, so I guess I don't know if it's a success mm. or a failure. But sometimes, like we, we, we've seen, like emerging talent completely lose the confidence by being involved in a. It's, it's a struggle playing in a mm. in a team that's. Getting beat oh, yeah, most week yeah. or like in the relegation zone yeah. constantly, which which we generally are. It can it can really kill you as a young player, can't yeah. it? Yeah, I think so. As I say, I would I would probably keep him at present for the for the season. I mean, I guess it depends whether Manone goes in January or not. But they would only release him if they're going to bring mm. Pickford back, wouldn't they? So well, this is a, can you bring him back in an emergency? If if it's a small window that they can in January, I think, yeah. If someone was. If we got an injury, yeah. I'd be surprised if they're going to touch Pickford. He's doing quite nicely there, isn't he? Yeah. But next season's going to be the one where you think you're going to. 
but it, he looked at that. He likes Pantelamon, doesn't he? Does he? Apparently. Seems to, yeah. He was raving about him, wasn't he, after the Stoke game, I think. Maybe he's just trying to get a bit at a comment. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose he's, got, he's definitely got his advantages in terms of his height and everything, but his distribution's poor. And he's quite slow and cumbersome mm. in general. Yeah. Like, I think it was after the Arsenal game we were talking about it, and I know you, it's a bit silly to criticise someone when you say, well, even if he'd done something, it probably would have went in. Yeah. But there's times where he just he looks rooted. He, mm. he doesn't look like he's capable of making saves that you think another sort of more agile goalkeeper mm. it wouldn't take a lot for them to save it and mm. I think that is a little bit worrying actually um, he can make he does make some really good saves I just something about him that's a little bit unconvincing mm. um, I don't know if I'm being a bit unfair or not but I want to hear from Sam on, on the position that Sunderland find themselves in now because obviously we asked our listeners and they think 75% of the, of, the, of the people who voted anyway I think will still uh, people in here kind of think we will as well so Sam obviously wouldn't get drawn out of that exactly, but this is him on the way the Sun and are losing at the minute and the other sides are winning. It's the same old, same old, isn't it? It's, we're deeper in the mire by the fact that we've played 17 games and got 12 points. Uh, what we have to get is, we, we in the space of two games, instead of uh, getting to 15 points after 16 games, like I said, against Watford, which was the big, the big disappointment, that was the real big disappointment, which would have lifted our, our spirits put us in a position where uh, we're still fighting with the rest because as you know teams are going to win football matches down at the bottom uh, more than ever against the top teams you know what I mean so it's happened again today where the lads at the bottom have won Bournemouth have gone and won three on the trot it can be done we've got to do it somewhere along the line in the next two or three months and uh, if we can do that then it, it helps us get out of the position we're in but the bottom line is we've got to get to 38 points or better, and if we don't do that, so the position doesn't make any. It, well, it puts pressure on you, and, and but you know that the bottom line is, we're five points adrift of where we should be on the at least where we should be, which is the same amount of points per games. Okay, well, Paul Swinney has just walked in the studio. He is the author of the Macam Dictionary that we're giving away. Paul, I'm going to let you sell it. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic, and if you <laughs> if you class yourself as any sort of Macam. Uh, you should definitely have this uh, this boot on your coffee table, in your toilet, and by your, uh, on your bedside table as well. And if you don't, you should hang your head in shame. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I want you to find me a good word over there. Oh, you've picked someone who's from South Shields. You should have picked an actual Macam, probably, shouldn't you? <laughs> Pund. That's an alright one. You can say that. Chemist's in, the in there, which is my yes, favourite. Uh, my favourite as well. Well, I just, I just right, we'll move back to that. <laughs> in fact, you can read. Do, do you want to read out the description? Do you want to read out the description? Okay, yeah, come on. It's like Jaganori, isn't it? <laughs> Chemist. Adjective. <laughs> Intoxicated by alcohol to the point of impairment of physical and mental faculties. Example. <laughs> I didn't think I've ever seen anyone so chemist-like. I cannot believe the busies didn't lift them. <laughs> also seen. Bladded. Mortal. Stotten. Or Palladic. That's like that, isn't it? Almost deserves a clap, that. And of course, all the proceeds of the of the book are going to the the club's charity, the Foundation of Life. Absolutely, it was. Um, I thought that if we were going to do something to celebrate, you know, the the city and the culture of the city, that it would be great to give, sort of give something back to the city as well, and, and use and do something good with the proceeds too. And obviously, the Foundation of Life do things not only in, in communities in Sunderland but across the northeast as well. So they were the, the natural choice, uh, and of course, affiliated to the football club as well. So that's mm. uh, that's always it's nice. A good too. Stock and filler, isn't it? 
Definitely o- is. Only £5 as well. Is that right? Yeah. I'm going to go with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a penny trying to find it. I was thinking that my dad as well, for £5, is going to have to be his main Christmas present. Is this actually a commercial break or is it part of the No, podcast? it's part of the show. But okay. well, do you, I mean, do you want to talk more about the the three losses we've, we've just suffered? Be my guess. Were, pa- you, were, the, were pa- you with the match on I Saturday? Was, yeah. Yeah. Pa- you, I mean, you pa- lived pa- down London. Well, Paul claims that he's been somewhere promoting his new book, but that's probably just because he didn't want to come in here for an hour and talk about Sunderland losing, <laughs> you managed mm. to you managed to avoid avoid that. Okay. But uh, how are you? Okay. We did we did a poll poll because um, what we're going to do is draw a winner out for your for your book, and we asked people if if they thought Sunderland would stay up. What percentage do you think we we got saying that we we would stay up? Oh, twenty seven percent. No. 75. So people are optimistic. <laughs> are you not optimistic? You don't look up by the face you're pulling there. Well, I mean, I've said that we've, we've been going down for the last three seasons, I think, by the, this stage of the season. So I'd be gladly proved wrong again. But um, unfortunately, I didn't miss the, the loss on Saturday. And I thought that the first 50 minutes uh, were did a fantastic job of standing there and watching the Chelsea players run round us, which... Um, especially given the sort of position that they were in, it was pretty frustrating to, to watch that. And, you know, given how we played against Palace, how we played against, um, against Stoke and how we played against Arsenal as well, uh, I thought we might go there and frustrate them a little bit and their fans get on their backs quickly, not happy about Mourinho. But, I mean, the, the way we went about it and only got started playing after 50 minutes was, was ridiculous. And then the fact that we could have actually been 3-3 at the end of it as well, you know, if it wasn't for a little bit of better finishing, you think, like, well, this is, this is bonkers. Like, what on earth is, is going on? And we've it's seen, so seen, us, seen it all before. It's the life yeah. of a Sunderland fan. Right, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Can you give me a number between 1 and 40 then, Paul, please? Uh, Julio Arca, 33. Would that be a high one? You I've have got to, to count go down. down. <laughs> He's selecting the winner. I'll do seven. I'll do seven from the bottom. You talk amongst yourselves, Martin. Okay. You ask. You be the presenter and ask somebody. Really to, right, ask somebody right. a question. Where can you get your book? You can get it in uh, in all uh, books uh, shops worth their salt. Uh, so <laughs> Stones mainly. W H Smiths in the Metro Centre, uh, and. Uh, ALS. ALS. Well, I was going to say the most important one at the end. ALS. But they say Winter Gardens as well. It's. Was it in the Winter Gardens too? Yeah. Yep, Winter Gardens. So uh, anywhere where, you know, your granny might wander into, I'm sure there's a rare, or Nana, shall I say? I don't know why I said granny, that's your word. Ganny. Ganny. Where yeah. your granny should uh, wander into, there'll be a Mac and uh, Dictionary staring a uh, square in the eye. So if she hasn't bought you one already then, I mean, there's an argument I have on, on Christmas Day already, but uh, available in all those fine outlets. Okay, a guy called Leach 27 Tom. I'm going to guess he's called Tom Leach. He's won <laughs> probably. Well done, Tom. He's Congratulations, Tom. And he did say yes as well, because I kind of would have begrudged giving us somebody who predicted would no. go down and all. Yeah, send us your address on a... On, on a on a something. <laughs> on an email to ALS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, get in touch. That's the thing, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure all these people listen to the show. So we're gonna say, ah, We've got a winner, make sure we listen back to the show. To be fair, Tom does tweet in a lot, so I think he does. Aye. Okay, is anybody else anything to add before we wrap it up? And this, uh, there's an echo here, and Lee Congerton looks a little bit like Tim Sherwood. Or... What's he called? Um, that annoying one with a talk show. He's yeah. a knob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, me? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, he gets all the. He, uh, it's on ITV, man. He went, um, Jeremy Kyle. Jeremy Kyle. Oh. He does a bit. A tiny maybe bit maybe of that's it. what's been maybe happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe been, like, even. Maybe even. And they're not doing his job well. A little bit of Remy Gard in that picture as well, I think. Yeah. Aye, aye, actually. Aye. I've never seen Lee Conjunt in the same room as Tim Sherwood or Jeremy Kyle, so. <laughs> or Remy Gard. Or Remy Gard. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, 
I think we've, we we were all right there, positive. We're going to go out with uh, Sam actually because Martin was here when I was I was editing the clips at the start, and I said, you know, this is all really negative now. So Sam kind of goes out a positive, eh, Martin, does he? Where he he kind of gives a, a little bit of a message about what the lads need to do. Go for it, Sam. Get us our Christmas cheer. <laughs> it's a bizarre league this year. Um, it's more bizarre than ever before because there's more teams winning away from home than ever before. There's more of the teams who are at the bottom now winning, beating the teams at the top than ever before. And I think that, um, you know, we've got to take faith and hope out of that that we can be one of those teams that, that down the line are going to put one and two and three results together. And that's what we have to do. Um, I think you can remember when we were in the mile at West Ham with the injuries we had just after New Year. I said we'll be okay when the injuries come back and we won four on the trot in February. So we've got to look at that somewhere along the line and try and do that. And um, hopefully we will. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 